My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. Our Sunday School is part of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. To prepare for this lesson, please go to OurSundaySchool.com for a copy of today's handout. Now, let's get to this week's lesson. Well, good morning, everybody. Morning. Welcome to Our Sunday School. Glad you guys are with us this morning. So, looks like most of you grabbed your Ed books today, so that's awesome. Does anybody need one? Everybody got one? We're good. Sean, you need one? Yep. I'm terrified that I'm going to, oh, it's right here. Good. If you pick up one that has my name underlined, that's a problem. So <laughs> I need that one. All right. So uh, let's do a quick review of what we're doing today. So today is week two uh, of our likely four-week series, uh, walking through this book, making sure we're aligned on what we do. Uh, last week, what we looked at was the preface and our preparation. So everything from the uh, our assumptions our objectives our assertions uh, today uh, we'll look at trying to get through the first three steps in our process uh, so praying with others hearing with others thinking with others and then next week we'll look at studying sharing inviting uh, and then i think july 4th weekend is the our practice so we'll pick a chapter of the bible and pressure test this because i've got the third section in the back of the book uh, with some examples on how to go through things. So uh, as a reminder, this is a what I would call a, a pretty good 13th draft uh, of <laughs> this little book. I won't tell you what the actual rev number is because it would disturb you. Um, but uh, if we go one more slide, Dave. Uh, but we'll, uh, what I'm looking for is any and all type of feedback on, oh, I just noticed the Cowboys. I misinterpreted it. I thought it was like something good. Oh, yeah, it's not. Okay, it's all right. Yeah, I am and have been for a very long time, so that's awesome. Uh, but just as a reminder, what we're looking for is any and all type of feedback. So if you see anything from, Jim, I think there's a comma in the wrong spot, all the way to, uh, hey, I think there's some theological error here. I welcome this. Um, I, I got to go through an experience a week and a half ago or so, um, and it was sketching out how you think you've changed over your life. And some of you know me quite well, so my aspirational thought here was that I had a, earlier in my life, a, a broad focus with a very narrow approach to collaboration. So I'm interested in everything and I don't want to talk to anybody about it. Uh, and I think that has shifted quite a bit to I'm interested in some very, very specific things and I greatly value a lot of voices in my life right now. Um, and I think most of that comes from just realizing how many times I've been wrong in my life. So there's that. So. Uh, so with that, we'll just do a quick uh, review of what we did last week. Uh, and I, I mentioned last week as well, however you want to communicate any feedback to me, I am happy to receive it that way. So if you want to text or email or take a picture or hand me your book that's marked up, I'm happy with all of that. So, uh, so we looked at our preface, and this is basically just an overview of our Sunday School class. 
uh, our assumptions, our objectives, and our assertions. So we'll start with page 35 today, uh, praying with others. And if you'll notice all of the, this is a intentional modification to our process that I've been kind of playing with for quite a while. Um, it used to be uh, pray, hear, think, talk, share. Uh, and now it's pray with others, hear with others, with others, with others, with others, because this is not a singular uh, concept. Um, so as I did in each one of the chapters, I started with a little blurb about me. I don't care about those today. So we'll jump into our first attitude, uh, which is fear, which is a great way to start off. Um, <laughs> he's like, why should we be afraid? Well, um, I'm, a, I'm an educator and have sat under several different systems and philosophies of education, and only one of them has ever began with, you should start with the good, healthy fear of the Lord. Um, because if you recognize who the supreme being in the universe is, that helps to orient and reorient everything else in our lives. So Proverbs 9:10, uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Um, so when we come into an opportunity to engage with the scripture, to talk about the scripture, to teach the scripture, to study the scripture, what I would order is our first attitude is uh, one of fear, not just from an educational perspective, but also from an orientational perspective. Um, I, I don't know if, have, have you ever had a conversation with somebody and it took you about 30 seconds to realize they don't have the same value system that you do? Like something is, like I don't, I don't think you care about what I care about. I, I don't know that you're familiar with what I care about. Like it's just a radical reorientation of what's important. Well, this is one for me that helps me just remember that, you know, when we open up, when we open up uh, God's word, like these are God's words. Uh, and it is, it is terrifying to stand in front of you and to teach them. Uh, and also an amazing privilege. So, so fear is going to be our first attitude. Uh, our second attitude is dependence. Second uh, Chronicles 20. I won't go into the entire story in Second Chronicles 20. Um, but needless to say, the children of Israel were in a mess, uh, and which is, it doesn't help you narrow down any portion of the Old Testament whatsoever, right? But uh, they had their backs against a proverbial wall. They had armies surrounding them, and their reaction was just so beautiful. Um, our God, will you not judge them? These are God's enemies. For we are powerless before this vast number that comes to fight against us. We do not know what to do, but we look to you. Other translations say, uh, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. You ever been there? You ever had a, like, I don't, I really, like, really fundamentally don't know what to do right now. Well, look to the Lord. Um, and we are blessed in that we can actually carry around in our pocket even a million different translations, uh, whereas these people in Second Chronicles 20 would have, at various times in their lives, only heard God's word. Right? So they'd been relying upon their memory of some event in a prior day. Uh, they certainly wouldn't have had a copy that they could have carried around with them. So this attitude of dependence, this attitude that, that we can bring any process or uh, structure that we want to, to Bible study, 
but we can never, ever forget that we are utterly and completely reliant on the Lord for anything and everything that we would learn or to be able to modify our lives to be more like Jesus Christ. Uh, we are completely dependent upon him for that. Uh, and then a third attitude here, so expectancy. Uh, Psalm 119, 18, and if you, if you flip through the book, you'll notice that there are more quotes from Psalm 119 than any other chapter in the Bible. Anybody want to guess why? It's about the Bible, yes. It's literally about God's words. Um, and Psalms are, <laughs> they are easier to lift a single verse and it not be taken shockingly out of context than other books of the Bible, right? Um, what makes me nervous about quoting Second Chronicles 2012 is, like, there's a whole backstory, there's a setting, there's cultures at play, there's different armies and battlefield situ- Psalm 119, whole thing's about the Bible. I feel pretty good about that. So I open my eyes that I might contemplate wondrous things from your instruction. Wondrous things from your instruction. I love the, the adjectives that are in the Bible. Um, and then we get to James 1.5. Now, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to him. Like, what a, what a beautiful, oh, by the way, I'm going to cover any other situations you've got as well, verse. Right? It's just a, like, a, well, because could the Bible articulate every experience and every example you're ever going to be in in your entire life? Not unless we wanted it to be carried around in tractor-trailer trucks, right? We're going to need a lot more pages than that. But for whatever experience, whatever situation you have, if you lack wisdom, we can ask God, uh, which is beautiful because we we know that there are wonderful things in the Scripture, and he will allow us to see them. So each one of the chapters in the process section starts off with attitudes and then it follows with actions. I put the attitudes first because the attitudes should inform our actions. Uh, so our first action in the, uh, in the praying section is going to actually be praying. So I tried not to make this too overly complicated, right? Uh, in Revelation chapter 2, uh, I, I didn't actually know how to articulate this, but I think I came close. In Revelation chapter 2 and 3, at the beginning of each one of the little blurbs to the churches, uh, there is a phrase. Um, and it says, I'm sorry, at the end of each one of the little blurbs to the churches, let anyone who has ears to hear listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. Let anyone who has ears to hear listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. Let anyone who has ears to hear listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. Let anyone who has ears to hear listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. So we get this drumbeat of this seven times in these two chapters. And for me, one of the things that comes out when you hear this multiple times is that the Spirit is speaking. Right? Like the Spirit is actually speaking, which is amazing. (laughs) This is incredible that the living God would speak to his creation. And that he's not just speaking to anyone, but specifically to churches. So if we are in churches, the Spirit is speaking to us, which I think is incredible. So we should be praying then 
to be able to listen and to hear appropriately. Um, and I'll tell you, when, when I come to a passage of Scripture and I pray specifically for the hearers to hear, it alerts me to my receptivity level, to my awareness level, to my engagement level, so that I can be like, up where, like where am I right now? Am I here? Am I not here? Am I somewhere else? Am I engaged? Am I disengaged? And these are good measures and checks for us to take before we engage with Scripture. Like, am I actually in the room engaging with this text? Right? Because does anybody have anything in their life going on right now that uh, could be distracting to them as of this moment? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yes, we all do, right? Um, so we just, I, I just think we ought to recognize that and acknowledge it and, and then ask God to do what only God can do, which is to allow us to hear from him. So it's great. Um, action number two is pray for illumination. So these are very specific things that we're praying for. 1 Corinthians 2.12, now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit of who comes from God, so that we may understand what has been freely given to us by God. And the implication there is that I actually can't understand things from God apart from the Spirit of God, which is really healthy, really, really healthy. So the beauty here is that God is actually communicated. The beauty here is that we have it recorded. The beauty here is that we have it accessible. The beauty is that we can actually read it but even with all that, I can't understand it unless the Spirit helps. Awesome. <laughs> so the next time you go through a text of Scripture and you go, man, I bet I've read this a hundred times. I never saw that before. That's right. <laughs> the Spirit just shined a big light on it and you went, oh, well, look at there. And it's literally been there your entire life. Awesome. That's the work of the Spirit. It's a beautiful, beautiful work. What a gift to us, right? So God freely gives, but we also need help to understand. And then you get to Ephesians 1, 15 through 19. This is why, since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I never stop giving thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling? What is the wealth of his glorious inheritance of the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the mighty working of his strength? Woo! <laughs> Brian jokes sometimes that Paul loses his mind in the first chapter of Colossians and just articulates the greatness and grandeur of Christ. He does it a lot of other places too, by the way. Like it's, just, it's not just limited to Colossians. It's, there's other spots too. Um, but there are biblical truths that we cannot comprehend without God's help. So we should ask for help. And he's already told us he'll help, which is amazing. So again, we go back to James 1.5. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask of God, who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly. It will be given to him. What a beautifully designed system. <laughs> I don't know if any of you have ever worked on systems or whatnot. But when you, when you come to a system and it's not working properly, it's like, ugh. This to me is just fingernails on a chalkboard grading. You know, if you just, if you tweak this thing over here, this is all going to work better. Or if you approach it from a different perspective, this will work better. But this is, this covers everything, right? We are his, so he's speaking. 
We are his. He wants to give us good things. We are his. He is willing to show us himself through his word. We are his. He will give us wisdom. I mean, it's just it's incredible. So if you, if you kind of summarize all of that, uh, what I have tried to do with each one of the chapters is distill everything in that chapter down to one blurb. And the blurb here is pray for help with the text. So pray for help with the text. So before we engage the scripture, before we set out to study or talk about or share, pray for help with the text. And you're like, well, what does that look like? I'm glad you asked. Flip over to section three. So if you go to like page 80, and this is, uh, this is graded, not as in you're going to get a grade on it. It's graded in that uh, we're going to start out very simple, and we're going to increase in complexity, right? So I, I talked last week a little bit about scale is important here. Um, so if you have a, a young child that comes to you and asks you a question about the Bible, what do we do? Well, we, we have a tendency just to answer. It's a really bad habit. <laughs> it's a really bad habit. A better habit would be, hey, let's ask God to help us with this. Because in case you haven't noticed, their questions get more challenging. And understanding the Bible, the closer and the deeper you get to it, doesn't get easier. Uh, Jen Wilkin is one of my favorite Bible teachers, and she, uh, she has this rant that she goes off on periodically about, whoever told you Bible study was supposed to be easy? Like, where, where did we get this idea? Right? We teach foreign languages and higher-level mathematics to high school students, and then we expect them to walk into a Bible study and it to all be really easy. It's like, no, we're, we're wrestling with truth from the creator of the universe. <laughs> this is not going to be easy. It is going to get progressively more difficult. So, so a sample prayer that you could pray for a quick interaction with a child. Father, thank you for your word. Help us answer this question. In our Lord Jesus Christ's name, amen. Right, he's like, okay, cool. And then if you flip forward a few pages... Get to page 84, it gets a little more complex because we're going to start engaging the different attitudes and our actions. So, Father, thank you for your word. We come fearfully depending upon you and expecting wondrous things. We ask to hear what the Spirit is saying. We ask for the Spirit to illuminate the text. We ask you, Father, for wisdom to live out your truth. In our Lord Jesus Christ's name, amen. And I just saw a typo. Y'all see it? The missing word. Last sentence should have our in it. <sighs> so, I'm trying to show us a simple process to follow and provide some examples of what that process might look like as we go through. So, chapter one. Uh, and then finish with the suggested resource, uh, Jen Wilkins' One with the Word, How to Study the Bible with Both Our Hearts and Our Minds. Uh, specifically pages 111 through 117. There's, there's a second edition of this book. It's actually, it, it's not substantively different than the first, but it's got a couple of additional little things in it. Um, but this, her chapter on study with prayer, oh my goodness, like it's just, it's fantastic. It's really, really fantastic. Um, she has a gift for communicating clearly, and uh, I'm grateful she does. So we get to process step number two, hearing with others. Hearing with others. Um, 
Did anybody grow up in a church where when the Bible was read, you stood up? Anybody? Yeah? A few? Yeah. Um, it's actually a, a picture of something that used to happen in the Old Testament very often. Uh, and in Nehemiah chapter 8, which is still probably my favorite chapter in the Bible, um, we get to see this. And uh, I'll just start with verse 1 here. All the people gathered together at the square in front of the water gate. They asked the scribe Ezra to bring the book of the law of Moses that the Lord had given Israel. On the first day of the seventh month, the priest Ezra brought the law before the assembly of men, women, and all who could listen with understanding. What do you think this is referring to? What's that? Uh, yeah, who can, yeah, it's the kids, right? This is, if, if you're old enough to be able to actually hear and understand what's going on, we want you here and listening to it. Uh, which is one of the reasons why I love this particular Sunday at Stuart Heights, because we bring the little ones into the sanctuary, and they engage and they listen. And it's really, really good and helpful. I think it's fantastic. Um, and while he, Ezra, was facing the square in front of the water gate, he read out of it from daybreak until noon. <laughs> Don't be griping about some long service now, I'm telling you. <laughs> He read out of it from daybreak until noon before the men, the women, and those who could understand. All the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Is there a difference between listening and listening attentively? Yes. <laughs> the scribe Ezra stood on a high wooden platform made for this purpose. Mattathiah, Shema, Aniah, Uriah, Hilkiah, and Messiah stood behind, beside him on his right. And to his left were Padiah, Mishael, Akaja, Hashum, Hashbanana, Zechariah, and Meshullam. Ezra opened the book in full view of all the people, since he was elevated above everyone. And as he opened it, all the people stood up. Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and with their hands uplifted, all the people said, Amen, Amen. Then they knelt low and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Jeshua, Benai, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akub, Shabbatiah, Hodiah, Messiah, Kalita, Azariah, Jazabad, Hanan, and Peliah, who were all Levites, explained the law to the people as they stood in their places. They read out of the book of the law of God, translating and giving the meaning so that the people could understand what was read. So looking at this page, what did the people do that showed respect to God's word? They stood up. What else? They listened attentively, right? Can I, can I translate this? They shut up, right? It's hard to listen with your mouth going. There we go. What else did they do? They raised their hands, yes, right? They responded. They responded. How did they respond? Verbally. Amen, amen, yes. That's right. Amen means uh, truth, truth. This is true, this is true. Right? And I, I would argue that we should be very careful with our amens, lest we say amen to something that is not in fact true. But when the scripture is being read, a proper response is always amen. Because we just heard truth. We know it was truth. We'll declare this to be truth. That's good. Right? Anything else? Fell in their faces. What else? They worshiped. What else? Is this passage not just chock full of behavioral responses to the reading of God's word? They knelt, yes. What else? 
They stood for a long period of time. What else? They listened. Good. What else? They stood in their places. Good. What else? Yeah, there was some planning involved. That's right. Good. What else? Uh, it, it could have been, some of the people wouldn't have known uh, Hebrew, yes. Um, remember, is, uh, it, being a Jew was a, if you want to come and engage in our society, you can actually come and, in, and you can be a Jew. That's cool, which is kind of neat. So, um, What else? They were looking up, yes, that's right, good. What else? Some of you are like, these are getting hard. I know, don't stop at the, they stood. No. What else? Ah, the teachers had a responsibility here too, right? To be clear, to make sure they understood. Exactly. What's the student's responsibility for that equation? Asking questions, engaging, listening, right? The people were willing to be taught. Like that's a big deal. I have showed up at a church service before and have been unwilling to be taught. Like I am somewhere else, I am focused on something else, I am not here right now, and I am actively not engaged in what's going on, and therefore I am functionally unwilling to be taught. That's a scary thing, right? So many things that these people do here that I would argue you could kind of bucket in this category of respect. Um, If you flip over to page 46, we'll see the very next verse in this section, Nehemiah 8, 9. Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and the scribe and the Levites who were instructing the people said to all of them, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For the people were weeping as they heard the words of the law. Anybody know why the people were weeping when they heard the words of the law? It is an impossible standard, yes. That's good. Anything else? Say it louder. Guilt, yes. I heard it over here. They hadn't been obeying it. Exactly right. It's like the gates of Jerusalem were a mess. Everything had fallen apart. They're, you know, like Babylon has just wrecked everything. And like that's not what we've been doing. You know. And their their response to this was like grief and lament over their sin and their sinful lives. And it's really interesting what happens here is they defer to what God says about how they should live their lives. Um, J. Vernon McGee, who I never thought I would quote in a book, but here we go. Um, you know, this is God's universe, and God does things his way. You may have a better way, but you don't have a universe. <laughs> it's, like, it's not mine. I didn't write the rules of it, right? I mean, you just sometimes you've got to have just a little J. Vernon to reorient but all right page 47 so we've got these these action these attitudes of respect and deference so we we come into we finish praying for help with the text we come into hearing the text with attitudes of respect and deference so I'm going to respect God's word by my the way that I listen and I'm going to defer to whatever it says like you know, the, the old school way of talking about this is you bring a blank check and you've signed your name and God can write whatever. He, it's like, okay, that's a hokey example, but 
you know, we need some example now with Venmo, I guess, but it didn't work with checks anymore. So our first action is quite simply to read the Bible aloud, um, which is not something that we do as often as I think we should. So 1 Thessalonians 5.27, I charge you by the Lord that this letter be read to all the brothers and sisters. Not, here's a copy, you read it, but that it be read to them, right? That there be something that they do that, that they engage with. 1 Timothy 4.13, until I come, give your attention to public reading, exhortation, and teaching. Um, I ordered a whole bunch of copies of that book that I told you guys about last week, and they didn't come this week. It's like, dang it, I want what I want, and I want it now, actually. And I didn't get it, so it's a good humbling for me and reminder that I should perhaps plan farther ahead, Dave. You know, imagine that, right? So 1 Timothy 4.13, until I come, give your attention, which is a super low-key way to translate that because it's got a little more oomph than just like, give your attention to it, which almost implies... Somebody's about to walk through the doors. Give your attention. Like, uh, there's more to it than that. Give your attention to public reading, exhortation, and teaching. And I would tell you that we in our churches tend to give a lot of attention to exhortation and teaching and not nearly as much to the public reading part. Right? Because if you were to just... If you were to slice up a given church service and say, well, how much is the public reading of God's word? How much is the exhortation? How much is the teaching? You're going to get dramatically different percentages there. So, all right. And then we get to uh, Revelation 1.3, which is one of the very, very few places in the Bible that actually talk about reading God's word. The shocking, overwhelming unbelievable volume of text in the Bible about how we are to engage with the Bible is about hearing God's word. It is not about reading God's word. And there's a bunch of reasons for that. I mean, you could have everything from, um, you know, literacy rates to availability of copies of the scripture to people who could actually are gifted enough to read the text out loud. Um, but the, what the Bible actually talks about far more often than reading is hearing. But Revelation 1-3 is one of those that's the reading passage. So blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear the words of this prophecy. So again, you don't even get, when you get the reading, you also get the hearing part, right? So which implies that the reading is reading out loud. And keep what is written in it because the time is near. So the flip side to read the Bible out loud is to hear the Bible read aloud, action number two. And we get the exact same verses. And I'll, I'll read the paragraph below the verses. If it crossed your mind that printing these verses twice is too much, then I gently encourage you to read this chapter again. Like, this chapter is about reading and hearing the Bible read aloud. So we're going to read these again. I charge you by the Lord that this letter be read to all the brothers and sisters. Until I come, give your attention to public reading, exhortation, and teaching. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep what is written in it because the time is near. So how do we kind of summarize all of this? Well, hear the text read aloud. So when we, when we combine the prior chapter, pray for help with the text, and then we hear the text read aloud, we get to the first two steps in our process. So I, I, do, want to touch on, I do want to touch on the last paragraph before that homework section, though. I'm just going to give you a second to read through that. So read through that last paragraph before the homework section.
I don't know that I've put that fine a point on it so far, but it's been something that's been bugging me for a while. And what we typically do is we typically, somebody reads and everybody reads along with them. And you can go to virtually any educational theory uh, assessment study and they'll all tell you, if you're trying to do more than one thing at once, it's not going to go very well and your comprehension level drops. Like if we will just do one or the other, either let you read it or have someone read it out loud. Like who knew that the bulk of the Bible's commands were actually really good educational directives? Who would have guessed, right? Who knew that God knew what he was doing when he designed the structure that he designed? It's incredible stuff. All right, I'm looking at my watch. I've got 941. Uh, so we will not get to chapter three today, which is cool. Because I'm not worried about schedules. So we'll get to where we get to, which is good. All right, so as a reminder, we're looking for anything that is incomplete, unclear, wrong, other better examples of text. Uh, so be jotting those down. Share those with me as you would like to. Uh, would love that. And I think next week I should have uh, copies of this book, Devote Yourself to the Public Reading of Scripture. Um, th does anybody have a copy of this one? You got a copy of this one? Yeah, I've given a couple of them out. I don't know where they all went, but um, I'd like to get enough for, for several of us. Um, all right, you got to say it out loud. You got to say it out loud. What you just texted me, you got to say that out loud. <laughs> so I get feedback, real-time feedback from some of you in the room. And some of it is spectacular, and this is just fantastic. So you got to say it. That's exactly right. Stop, collaborate, and listen. There you go. And if you don't get that reference, that's okay. It's okay. Don't Google it. <laughs> We'll just stop there for today. <laughs> All right, so uh, at your tables, you should have a weekly update, if you would. Uh, make sure that you've got your name uh, at the bottom of the one side there. That's how we take attendance. Uh, and with that, I will leave you to a few minutes of prayer time. Uh, lean in, engage, write any new prayer requests, update any old ones, if you would. And uh, after you have prayed, you're free to go and to worship the one who has given us direction on how to actually engage with him in his word, which I think is fantastic. It's not, in fact, up to us, which is good. This is good news. So thanks for coming today, guys. Thanks for engaging. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, YouTube channel, and weekly email. You can subscribe to all three of those at OurSundaySchool.com. Grace and peace to you.